0: Thank you Welcome to another episode of Kodo Cinema, the podcast show where I talk about movies. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Well, for for this episode, basically episode 131 overall of Kodo Cinema, and of course this is season 5, episode 7 of the 5th season for Kodo Cinema. This uh, this film topic, this episode I'm going to be talking about the third Ant-Man film, Ant-Man the Wasp: Quantumania or simply Ant-Man 3, or should I say, Ant-Man Quantumania. Now, before I jump into my overall breakdown of this film, I want to give my uh, background of the Ant-Man films. Now, while the Ant-Man films, they're not as popular as some of the other superhero films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, in my opinion, but the first two Ant-Man films, they were fun. They were fun films to watch. I mean, yes, there are also heist films, too. Even the first film alone established that it was going to be a heist film, while also being a superhero film as well. And Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man, or should I say Scott Lang, does a very good job in both films. I know not everybody not is a huge fan of Ant-Man, and that's... That's fine. I understand that. I mean, it's their opinion, and I get that. But to me, in my own opinion, I like the Ant-Man films. They're not masterpieces, but they are fun films to watch, especially in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ant-Man 3, on the other hand, well, let's just say there was a mixed response to this film. The third Ant-Man film, compared to the other Ant-Man films that came out in 2015 and 2018, to to say the least. Now, um, now let's just be honest. Let's let's travel back for a second. Uh, Ant-Man, the very first Ant-Man film, was the last Marvel Cinematic Universe film to end Phase Two, and um, and of course. Uh, Ant Man the Wasp was part of Phase Three in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with the closure for uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Three being Spider-Man: Far From Home. So, I'm just uh, I'm just throwing it out there to see to let you know about those phases. What ant? What film? What which phases the Ant Man fil- Ant Man films fall into? For Ant Man three, this falls into Phase Five. So yes. Ant-Man: Quantum Mania kickstarts, or it kicks off Phase Five for for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And here's the thing: Ant-Man: Quantum Mania was supposed to be a part of Phase Four, but unfortunately, um, for, unfortunately, for, unfortunately, Phase Four closed out very quick because uh, before Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, it was announced. About a couple of months before the film the film Black Panther Wakanda Forever was released. That the second Black Panther film will be the final film in phase four. To close off the fourth phase with Ant-Man Quantumania kick, kickstarting phase five. So so yeah. So yeah. It, it was not supposed to be a part of phase five. Ant-Man. And I'm referring to Ant-Man. The, ant, the third Ant-Man film was supposed to be a part of phase four. Now, I don't know the reason behind it, but I think it's because, but in my opinion, I think it's because a lot of people are tuning out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe already. Like, like you could definitely tell right away that people, there's a lot of people tuning out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe after Avengers Endgame and, of course, Spider-Man Far From Home. Let's not forget that Phase 4 did not go anywhere. In my own opinion. It did not. Like it had no plan. Although yes. It did try to set up. What, what we're supposed to get. An, another big bad. Rather than Thanos. Because at the end of Avengers Endgame. Thanos what was, blo- was blown away into dust. So yeah. So basically. uh, Phase 4. The end of Phase 4. Sets up King the Conqueror. And for those of you who may or may not know um king the conqueror was set up in the first season of loki and we get to see king the conqueror or should i say he who remains at the season finale of of loki season one and of course there's going to be a season two of loki coming out as well so just to let you all know and of course big spoilers because i'm going to you know, i'm going to spoiler spoiler territory for ant-man 3 so just to let y'all know king the conqueror is the main villain in in ant-man quantumania so yes so basically the, in the film scott lang and hope van dyne are transported to the quantum realm along with their family and they they're going to fight, they're going up against king the conqueror now that is basically the plot of the film However there is definitely a lot more in this film that let's just say got me interested but also I had a different result in terms of like how I view this film because I was looking forward to Ant-Man 3. I thought this film was going to be very good like like a like a masterpiece like um, like a masterpiece being better than the first two Ant-Man films but no that's not what we got from Ant-Man 3. Now this is my overall opinion on Ant-Man 3. So, so I'm just going to say this. I did not hate this film, although I did not, I didn't think it was a good film either. So I'm just saying this right now. I did not hate this film, but I didn't think it was that good, but I did it, but I actually enjoyed, I enjoyed the ride of this film. The film was a good ride. I did not hate this film. But I, but I didn't think it was that good. I'm just saying this right now, just to express my own opinion. I understand that you all have different opinions about the third Ant Man film, and that is totally fine. I understand that. So, anyway, I'm going to start my breakdown. So, the film opens with uh, Janet Van Dyne, played once again by played once again by Michelle Pfeiffer. Who is stuck in the quantum realm? And just to let you all know, she was in the quantum realm for about thirty years. Just to let everybody know. And during her, during her time in the quantum realm, she meets up with an exiled time traveler, and this time traveler is named Kang. And that's basically that's basically the opening of the film. The opening of the film, we see Janet Janet Van Dyne meeting Kang, Kang just Kang. As of now king, we all know is King the Conqueror, and King the Conqueror is being played by Jonathan Majors in this film. So, so yes. Now, flash forward to the present day. In the present day, after the final battle in Avengers: Endgame, and yes, this is basically after the blip. After the blip, Scott Lang, played once again by Paul Rudd, has become a successful, a suc- like a successful, like a successful successful man at, at this point like not only is he a, a superhero but he's also an author basically he's an author he actually wrote his own book and, ha- and has been living happily with his girlfriend hope bandine who's now running her father's um pimp tech corporation in that film which i think is actually is actually a pretty good start now let's be honest this is not a bad opening it's a pretty it's actually a pretty good opening so far we also get to see um Scott, what appears to be a lunch outing with Agent Jimmy Woo, who is basically an FBI agent, played once again by Randall Park. We only get to see him in one scene. It's basically during this lunch conversation that that Scott has with Jimmy, and of course that was definitely uh, hinted at the end of the second Ant-Man film. And of course, and of course, we also get a we also get a get a coffee shop scene where um scott meets up with with the with the barista with this with the with the barista with the with the with the coffee guy with the coffee guy or the barista guy i should say who um gives who gives him a free who gives him a free cup of coffee which i think is actually pretty pretty cool and he does give out this nice little he gives out this nice little thank you to scott although he refers to scott as spider-man he says Thank you Spider-Man. Now I I now this is from the trailer too. And every time I see that in, in the very first trailer, I always think of Stan Lee because imagine if this was Stan Lee's cameo in that film saying, "Thank you Spider-Man." That really that really does say something too because let's be honest, it's it's been almost almost 5 years since uh, Stan Lee passed away and Dang, dang! Time has gone by pretty quick. I mean, it has it's been—it's been so long. I mean, like just—just just imagine, just imagine if that was um, Stan Lee's cameo. And I'm—I'm I'm just saying that because, because it definitely brought out a—it definitely brought out a Stan Lee vibe to to me, in my own, in my personal opinion. So yes. So while Scott is enjoying his, uh, enjoying his life and and of course be recognized by the people of San Francisco he gets a call from uh, he gets a call from the police station saying that that his da- that his daughter that his daughter Cassie got arrested and yes Cassie Lane Cassie Lane get, gets arrested in this film and the reason why because well she is basically she was basically at a peaceful protest and Basically, she has become a political activist, resulting in her spending some time in jail before being bailed out by Scott Lang, who she has become estranged from since he started focusing more on his celebrity status than his duties as Ant-Man. Now, now in this film, now and this is this happened in the beginning of the film because, because Cassie, this time being played around by Catherine Newton, who, in my opinion, does a very good job playing the character, but I'm sorry to say this cassie comes off as annoying in this film like she's she's become an annoying an annoying character in this film because in the first couple of films in the first two films i mean she started off as a as a cute as a very cute daughter to to, to scott like she was very she was a cute little she was a cute little girl like always excited to see to see her father scott and that and the moments like that in the first two ant-man films we're we're very good. And I like her. Even even in Endgame when she was she was a she's now a grown a full grown well teenager I should say and that was played by a different actress. She was emotional to see her father again in Avengers Endgame because because Scott remember Scott Lang was stuck in the quantum realm for 5 hours, but outside of that it's 5 years. And so yes, Scott Lang was stuck in the... So it's been five years and Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, misses her father. And that's where the emotional gut punch, gun punch moment comes in. And that was a very, very... That was a very good moment in Avengers Endgame. In this... And now in this film, Ant-Man, Quantumania, it's not the same. And FYI, FYI, when they did the recasting of Cassie Lang, the different actress... Marvel did not tell the other actress, the original actress who played Cassie in, End- in Avengers Endgame, they did not tell her that. So that's just like letting you know what's going on. Yeah, they did not tell her that. They just completely recast her without her knowledge. So yeah. So anyway, Cassie Cassie believes that Scott is only thinking for her for himself, and this gets me to say, like, listen, Scott's been Scott's been saving the world more than Cassie does. And Cassie gets arrested for a peaceful protest. Looks like they're bringing in 2020 vibes from this. I mean, of course, I mean, of course, there were definitely others before that, but I'm just saying. But the Van Dimes were brushed it all off. So they're basically taking Cassie's side. I mean, like, really? Really? We're going in that direction? We're going in that direction? Wow, talk about deconstructing your main heroes. am, Am I right? But anyway, um... But well, anyway, while visiting uh, Hope's uh, parents, Hank Penn and Janet, Hank Hope, visiting Hope's parents, which is basically Hank Penn and Janet Van Dyne, uh, Hank Pym being played by uh, Michael Douglas once more, Cassie reveals that she was working on a device that can establish contact with the quantum realm, which I think is pretty cool. But of course, um, this was never brought up to Scott's attention because, like I said, Scott was stuck in the quantum realm for five hours or five years I should say but it's five hours so yeah and and she's she's and Cassie's just basically very smart in this film she's like literally smart with no straw with no personal struggle I should say so yeah so yeah and of course going back to this um to this device it's kind of a MacGuffin I believe upon learning of this Janet panics and forcefully sh- and she forces Cassie to shut off the device, but the message was received, resulting in a huge portal that opens and pulls all five members into the quantum realm, including Hank Pym's ants. The ants. The ants get sucked into the portal as well. So Scott and Cassie... So basically, here's the thing. this. So basically, the, the film does split up into segments. Like, we get a segment with, um, Ant, with Ant-Man, Paul, Paul Rudd, and, of course, Cassie, of course, Cassie Lang, and then, of course, the Van Dymes. And, of course, the Van Dymes get separated into another por- into another portion of the Quantum Realm. So, technically, you kind of got some segments, two different segments. One focusing on the Langs, and the other focusing on the Van Dimes. So, and I think that's pretty cool. And, of course, speaking of cool, can I be honest with you? The Quantum Realm looks very cool. Now, say what you will about the CGI, but the look of the Quantum Realm alone does look very good. I love the visual texture of the Quantum Realm. And of course they also use sound stages too. They did the same thing with The with the Mandalorian, the first two seasons of The Mandalorian. So I gotta give props to that, it does look very cool. But of course it does fall into, the, this film does fall into the plot and writing of Ant-Man 3. And of course some of the characters as well. So anyway, and of, of course, anyway, Scott and Cassie are met up met up by uh what looks to be freedom fighters. One of them, actually, I one of them looks like the Pixar light from Pixar. And and I'll be honest with you, that Pixar light definitely, definitely, death was death de- was definitely built for this film because he def because of the light, because not only because of the of the because of the light bulb for a head, but also this muscle-bound body that this that this pixar light warrior has and of course and of course there were also two other warriors as well and uh, and here's the thing they want to rebel against their ruler who actually turns out to be king the conqueror so yeah so those those war those warriors t- took cassie and scott in on the other side of the quantum realm hope janet and hank explore a sprawling city to get answers but this is, of course, Janet doesn't want to like reveal to her husband and her daughter of what she was doing in the quantum realm. She knows something's up. She never admits the truth of what's going on. And of course, we as audiences, we as the audience kind of know what's going on. We're seeing King the Conqueror, but there was definitely a lot more because we find out that that Janet also met this, this, this Lord, and this Lord is being Lord Kryler, being played by Bill Murray, who is, who is basically a former ally of Janet, and reveals that things have changed ever since she left. So yeah, that definitely tells you something that Janet's been doing a lot more, doing a lot more in the quantum realm than any of char- the characters from above. Janet, Janet, Janet. And then, and then he's, and then, and then now Lord Kryler is working for King, who is now the Quantum Realms ruler. Okay, now first of all, seeing Bill Murray in, in Ant-Man 3, I will say this. Probably one of the best one of the best casting decisions I have ever seen in this film. Say what you will about Bill Murray, but he I think in my opinion he does a very good job of what he was given. He does give he he gives out a few good funny funny moments in this film and I think this pretty good. But of course but of course I mean his his role was very short and I kind of want to see more of Bill Murray in in this film but I but I believe what we got is pretty good it is good and of course he does get I guess he gets killed off in this film because there is this squid creature creature that 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 was in this drink and Hank uses one of his uh, one of his uh, weapons. One of his Ant-Man weapons, and he makes that, squ- and he uses one of them, the one, the one where it, it grows, it grows from a tiny little bug to a big giant, to a big giant being. And of course, that's what he did. That's what he uses on that squid, and it literally defeats Lord Kryler. I don't know if he kills him off, but I'm pretty sure he, that thing kills him, kills Lord Kryler off, off screen. If if you know what I'm saying, so, yeah. But any, anyway, the the Van Dimes took Lore Kryler's ship or steal the ship, and of course, and of course, I kind of got a little chuckle out of this. Um, the way how the Van Dimes had to steer the ship is these little slime is the slimy controllers that, that 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 Hank Penn has to put both his hands in to steer the ship. Now I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, it's disgusting, but it's funny. Well, because of the way how the visuals work, and 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 that, and that in that scene, just saying. Okay, so going back to the Langs, they are they meet up with this rebel leader Gentora. That Janet's involvement with King is indirectly responsible for his rise to power. Of course, yes, we do find that out later on. Also, Scott meets this little pink blob in this film, and and let me tell and let me tell you this. This is where the writing falls because it feels like they're forcing in too many jokes. Many like they're feel because the jokes in this film feel so forced. Like this pink blob like creature and and his name is Beb. veb is the name of this pink slime like creature that lives in the quantum realm. And and he 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 asks Scott about like how many holes does a human have? And I was like you gotta be kidding me! Uh, so yeah, and of course, this is also played but by, by the same actor who played um, Kurt in the first two Ant Man films, being David Das Dasmal das And let, let me let me be honest with you, David Ma- David, das Mulchane, D- David David Dasmalchain. That's how that's basically his name. He um, he was in the first two Ant Man films, but he played. Kurt, who's basically an ex-con, along with Tip T I Tip T I Harris and Michael Pena, and of course those three guys, they're not in the film. They're they're not in the film, so so they're not in the film. Which begs the question: What happened to those guys? Because Michael Pena's character Louise was one of the funniest was one of the funniest supporting characters in both Ant Man films. I got a chuckle out of Michael Pena whenever he goes into his monologue stories and they're funny those were very funny those were some of the funniest moments from both ant-man films and we don't even see them in this film which uh, make which kind of makes the film incomplete in my opinion but um but what, whatever so anyway there so anyway uh, also also scott also had to drink this red elixir this red blood-like elixir to speak English and oh my oh my goodness Cassie Lang did it first and she told Scott to drink it like really <laughs> I mean you got to get the plot going so yeah it does and it does remind me of like of the indi of indi of the scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom where Indiana Jones drank the blood of the blood of Golly, the one that the, the the blood elixir that turns Indiana Jones into basically uh, one of one of the one of the one of the cult members of the th- of the thuggy tribe from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, if you know what I'm saying. So, anyway, the rebels came. Uh, the rebels are now under a, the rebels co- soon come under attack by King's forces led by who else? Modoc. Yes, that Modoc is filing in this film. Modoc attacks the 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 fo- attacks the rebels in this film and we do see Cassie Lang fighting trying to fight for the first time and she struggles and this was the only time she struggles to be honest because Cassie gets her own ant suit it's purple by the way so which is a pretty cool color but of course but of course she built that suit all by herself and this surprises and Scott is surprised cuz Scott's like you built your own suit and then of course and then of course um she struggles at one point trying to like Trying to like punch one of King's uh, bodyguards in in the face, although when she's small, but she struggles because you know she doesn't have the momentum. She only does that when she grows big, and ba- and I when I mean big, I'm talking about big in human size form. So yeah, so yeah, she struggles with that during this fight, and that was the only time we see Cassie Lane struggle, by the way. And and of course, and of course, we finally get the reveal of Modok. Modok turns out to be. Darren Cross, Darren Cross being played by Corey Stahl. And I will admit, it's surprising to see Corey Stahl again, but the reveal of him as Bodak oh my goodness, that is the worst CGI effect I have ever seen in this film. Because for those of you who have seen this film, see Ant Man Quantum (laughs) Mania? Oh my goodness, that CGI was so bad. That was so bad, CGI. Oh my goodness. And he jokes in this film. Oh my goodness, look how they massacred my boy Modoc. So yes, Modoc is basically a butt of a joke in this film. as much as the I mean, yes, when he wears the mask, he does wear a mask. I mean, he he wears a pretty intimidating mask, which I think is the only cool part of Modoc when of Modoc in this film because, he wears a mask whenever he goes into attack mode, and that's the only cool thing about MODOK in this film. But when he takes off the mask, the CGI is bad. It's very real bad CGI, and it's just it's just Darren Cross just running his mouth. And of course, when you look at that, it's just basically Mr. Electric from Sharkboy and Lavagirl. You can definitely tell, right? I mean, from the second trailer, we see MODOK in the second trailer and with his with his mask off. And you see and you see the CG CGI face of Corey Stahl, you could definitely you could definitely tell. It's basically Mr. Electric for Shark Boy and Lavagirl. Girl. Not Mr. Electric Dad. Now Mr. Electric Dad. Da, 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 you get what I'm saying, right? You get what I'm saying? Okay. So yes. So Scott and Cassie are captured by Modoc, and they're basically in this. Prison in this, basically this prison like cell, and of course uh, there is basically another laugh in this film where um, where uh, Scott tells Cassie like fourth time in jail, yeah, Scott's in jail. Uh, Scott's been in jail for the fourth time because let's do a, let's do a recap. Scott was arrested once, in, well actually no, not once, twice in the first Ant Man film, and then he was arrested again in Captain America's Civil War and then the fourth time ant-man quantum mania so so yeah there so yeah so basically fourth time and this is also cassie's second time getting arrested so yeah so yeah like father like daughter although although scott although scott's been it's been arrested more than cassie but if you know what i'm saying yeah i guess it runs in the lang family i guess <laughs> so anyway um so anyway um ant-man or scott lang meets with meets meets up with who who who, who else king the conqueror played played by jo- jonathan majors and of and i will say this there whenever um whenever we get a scenes with ant-man and and king the conqueror i find that as one of the best moments of this film because because i see this as an intimidating moment between the two between the two between the two the two leads because they do share they do share some pretty good some pretty good dialogue and this is where the writing goes well goes very well with the two characters and of course Jonathan Majors he he did a very good job playing King the Conqueror his monologues are very good and and I will say this, he does a better job playing King than, in my opinion, He Who Remains. And look, I like his performance as He Who Remains, but his performance does come out as over the top, I should say. This one feels more calm and sinister, and I I like that. I really like that. Like, And he does a very good job, and Jonathan Majors does a good job with it in Ant-Man Quantumania. So, so yes. And this is where he... He wants to make a deal with Ant Man. Uh, he wants to make a deal with Ant Man, and this deal turns out to be well. He wants to get. He wants Scott to find this, to find this power core, this multiverse multiversal power core, for so ba- basically he wants to he wants it repaired just so he can get out of the quantum realm. And here and the deal is here's basically the deal of this. I want you to help me find this find this power core and if you do that I'll give you more time to see give you more time more time to spend time with your daughter and that was basically the point of this deal because in the trailer in the second trailer he wants to make it he it seems like King was giving was wants to give Scott Lang a deal like give him have Scott spend more time with his daughter because Scott Lang has missed out so much on spending time with, with his daughter Cassie because he's been he's been in jail he's been in jail multiple times and of course being stuck in the quantum realm for five hours, even though it's been five years outside of that, but Scott Lang doesn't want to do this because he knows something's up. He knows that King is trying to trick him, and this gets King to torture Cassie, like he tortures Cassie for a moment until Scott. Just like he just he just lets out and says, "Okay, okay, yes, I'll do I'll do your I'll do your business. I'll do I'll do your business. It's kind of like dealing. It's kind of like making a deal with the devil, Scott. So yeah, but anyway, Janet Janet Van Dyne he reveals this too because um, Janet and Kang were basically trying to build this power core, but she finds out she finds out that Kang is is basically a conqueror who's he's basically a conqueror and he was banned from the count from the council of kings from the council of kings for being so evil and from that janice saw king's vision of king conquering and destroying entire timelines and and yes as i mentioned king was exiled by his own king council or or should i say his own variants, out of fear and this this droves this and janet and janet janet literally gets out of it real real quick like she knows king the conqueror is a dangerous threat and yes and of course she is deaf and of course king was outmatched by janet as she used her pin particles to enlarge the power core and render it unusable and king eventually conquered the quantum realm sometime afterward and Janet has been fighting him ever since until her rescue. And what I mean by her rescue, I'm talking about like being rescued by Hank Pym in the second Ant Man film. So yeah. So yes, uh, so basically Scott makes a deal with uh, makes a deal with the with King the Conqueror. So he goes in to find this power core power core only for only for Scott to see his own variants. Yes, we get to see Scott's own variants and variants of himself. So yeah, and it's definitely a pretty cool but creepy moment too. This is where it gets pretty creepy because we see multiple variants of Scott Lang seeing each other and, and of course they work together to go to the very top to get the power core, to get the power core only for hope To uh, help to help Scott Lang out in a Deus Ex Machina form, so yeah, so King uh, breaks the deal, capturing Janet and destroys her ship with Hank on it, and of course, uh, sees Hank for the very first time in forever, and Hank was like, "Darren, what the heck happened?" (laughs) Oh boy! Oh my goodness! Oh. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. Mister Electric from Sharkboy and Lava Girl was more of a comic relief in in that film compared to compared to Modoc and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quatamania. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, Modoc and King destroy the ship. King gets back the power core. Of course, he captures Janet, and th- and then the ants hank's ants rescue rescue the the tree rescue the trio and of course they form what else an ant army an army of ants who were basically absent from the film and was able to gain more intelligence than ever in this film like how does that even work how does that even work and of course um this is probably one of the worst writing moments in this film because hank mentions um socialism and of course hank was like well i know socialism is a bad thing and then it keeps going like that like someone actually wrote this in the film and oh my goodness i i do not know where to go with that with that quote i do not know where to go with that quote because that was written in the film i mean hey i did not write this someone was paid to write that quote in the film and of course, and of course, let's be honest. The the whole greed is good from Wall Street was was a better quote in that film compared to what compared to what to what Hank Pym said in to what compared to what Hank Pym said about socialism in the third Ant Man film. And let's be honest, he won an Oscar for Wall Street as well. Just saying, j- just saying. So anyway, Cassie Lang. Sends a signal to all the to all the rebels in the quantum realm to stand up and fight. To which we have seen millions of times in other films. So yeah, and of course, um, and and of course we get to see this entire kingdom or uh, or base of that king is is at. And let's be honest, he has a huge army. He has a huge army, and of course. um, and um, of course a fight ensues a a fight ensues and uh, and this basically and uh, basically basically an entire arm an entire army of rebels that that gentura has comes to fight fight king's army and of course and of course let's be and of course let's be honest the fight the entire army battle is pretty cool i will say this the battle is cool up until the point where King comes out and blasts the entire re- and blasts many of the ar- many of the rebel armies into oblivion, I like his I like his laser beams coming out of his hands, like he and those were some that was one of the cool moments in that film where he uses his hands to shoot out laser beams. That's pretty cool, and I like the mask too. He he wears a pretty cool blue mask, and yes, that's the mask that Kane the Conqueror wears in the comics. So just saying, yeah. And then it comes down to the moment where um, Hope, Cassie, and Ant-Man fight Kang outside, outside his, outside his, uh, outside his, outside his throne. And the fight itself is actually pretty cool. Like, like, like Ant-Man is so angry. Like he, he literally tricked him into this deal. Like Kang tricked him. Like I said, made a deal with the devil. But you know something, there's another trick up his sleeve. And of course, Cassie also fights Modok. Modoc! She fights Modok and kicks and, and kicks Modok's butt. And we get a crazy quote from uh, from Modoc saying, What are you talking about? I'm just a jerk. And then Cassie's like, it's never too late to stop being a jerk. And of course, Modok comes out of nowhere saying, I am not gonna be a jerk! And, and of course Kane kills M-Doc. last words was, Kane kills Modok. At least I died in Avenger. Ugh, game over. Game over, man. Game over. Like, really? Modoc is is one of the biggest Marvel villains in Marvel comics, to be honest. And in my opinion, as silly as silly as the design is for Modoc, he was a very, he was a big threat. He is a big threat in the comics, to be honest. And and of course, I mean, I know in animation is easy in animation because, I mean, MODOK has appeared in mostly in, in animated TV shows for Marvel, but for movies? Oh my goodness. the They could have done a better job of MODOK visual-wise, but the writing for MODOK was bad. I'm sorry. And listen, shout out to Corey Stahl. In my opinion, he does a very good job of what he was given, but MODOK was more of a comic relief in this film, than anything in other media appearances. And wow. Wow. Even the one from even the one that Patton Oswald bo- voice in the uh, Modoc show based for Hulu with the with the robot chicken style animation was a lot better in that compared to the lot to Ant-Man Quantumania. Wow. Just just wow. Listen, in my opinion, Corey, Corey Stahl did a very good job as Bodoc, in my opinion. But from what he was given, it was not there. It was, it was, it was not there. Yeah. Remember when um, we're in the show where Scott fights King? and we all thought he was going to die. Well, it turns out when we all thought Scott was going to die, well, it turns out Scott did not die. He does he does not die in this build. And because and and I'm going to get to that right now because as the as the Van Dimes and Scott and Cassie are about to leave the portal, King the Conqueror comes up from behind after being defeated by an army of ants. Yes. We he gets the, he gets he gets decimated by an army of ants. Only for him to come back and finish, and and desperately tries to escape and finish Scott Lang off. And I will say this: the fist fight between Scott and King is definitely a good fight. It is a very good fight because because they both they were both they were both throwing punches at each other. And like King, he's deaf. He's he's he puts up a good fight on Scott Lang, and like he was about to finish him off. And and of course escape with the power core but we get this um, we get this pretty good quote from Scott. It says i don't i don't know we just both had to lose like like both says scott and no actually king is like "You we could win and scott's like no i don't have to win we just both have to lose this gets me wondering are they both gonna die well it turns out scott did not die but king king is sucked into his own power core and i'm just like Oh my goodness. So, throughout the entire film, we we get to see Kang defeated by his own power that he consumed. The power that he sought. Yeah, Kang gets blown into oblivion by, by Hope. By Hope and Ant-Man. Ant-Man! Like... Like and listen, I know Ant Man's like one of the is a popular character, but he's not a strong Avenger fighter. He's not a strong. He's not one of the strongest Avengers. He's not. And and he just and he and Hope just defeat a king all on their own. Like yeah, yeah. Those two defeat a king, and of course the 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 portal that Cassie made gets uh gets gets. Gets uh, torn apart for, for a split second, and and of course Cassie manages to fix it in a minute, and of course Scott and Hope go back to Earth, and then the film ends with, and the film ends with Scott going back to his normal life and celebrating what appears to be an early birthday, for for Cassie because he missed out on all the birthdays, that Scott that Scott has missed during you know because Scott was in prison. And of course, the film ends with the, the Langs and the Van Dynes eating birthday cake, and that's where the film ends. And of course, we get two end credit scenes. We get the we got one of them. The first one being the Council of Kings. One of them is being Immortus, and the other one Ramatat. And I forgot what the other one was. I forgot the, what the other one was. So I, and yeah, we get a Council of Kings to which they found out that King is dead. Although it's hard to believe that he, if he did die, because yes, we know he got sucked into his own power core and got blown into oblivion, and then we get to see a lot of King variants in in the first post-credit scene. So yeah, now we saw uh, the head King variants, basically his head variants being Immortus and Rama Tuts, and then the other one, and then the other one, the other one looks like Iron Man a little bit, although that's not really the case, but we know it's one of them. And and then seeing a lot of King the Conqueror variants, so yeah, we get to see that. So technically, it's not over. So King is going to return, but is it going to be his variants, or or is it going to be his variants or somebody else? Because Ant Man just took out the main King, the main King in that film. So yeah, so we don't really know. And King the Conqueror is going to be the villain in the next two Avengers films. So it seems as though, seems as though Marvel and Disney has wasted this character. They wasted the main King, the Conqueror character. So I don't know if that King is actually dead. I mean, yes, he is dead, but where do you go with this? If if he if he, now where do you go with this? Where do you go with King now since they, since they killed off the main King. Unless they pull a Captain America First Avenger card out and mean like, hey, Red Skull didn't die. He was actually in this realm the entire time. That might be the same for King the Conqueror, so I don't know. I don't I don't know. So yeah. And of course we get another post-credit scene with a which is basically a scene from Loki season two where we found out that there is another King variant, Time Space League, which is basically a King variant, so yeah. So, yeah. So there you have it. Now Now look, I will say this. I did not hate this film, but I didn't but it wasn't a great film either. Uh, to the film's credit, the visual effects do look pretty cool and the ca- and then the casting is pretty good. Cool. The casting is very good. Michelle Pfeiffer is 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 a very good actress. She does she does a very good job playing Janet. Of course, Paul Rudd and Jonathan Majors do do a fantastic job in this film. Catherine Newton as Cassie Lang on... Now, for the actress, she did a fine job, but I will say this. Her character co- came off as annoying. And, and being more of a... Let's just say more of a political activist than, you know, being a loving daughter. Because, because I want to see more of that. I want to see more of Scott and and his daughter being like, you know, father and daughter. I like that. And I like that. And of course, we do see some of it, but but it comes off as annoying to say the least. Like, imagine the ending of this film. Imagine how this film would have ended differently. Like, can you imagine if Scott and Hope are stuck in the quantum realm and this MacGuffin device that, that Cassie made to, go, to send a signal to the quantum realm doesn't work at all, again. Like, can you imagine how much how, can you imagine how different that ending would have been like like Cassie would have been like no 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 like Cassie would have been would have been upset she would have been so upset that this device that she made doesn't work anymore and then like and then she mourns for the loss of her, of her father do you think how different that ending would have been that would have been a been a that would have been a different ending and of course, knowing the fact that Dizzy takes, even though that Dizzy goes in a different direction with this, because now they care more about about the box office than in writing good stories, because this story was not good. I'm, not, I'm sorry, this story was not good. I mean, it had a lot of potential, but the story wasn't wasn't strong in this film. And, and of course, I mean, yeah, as I mentioned, we missed the ex-cons being Louise, Kurt and the and Tip T.I. Harris but also I forgot to mention um Cassie's uh Cassie's uh stepdad I believe was a cop he was he's not in this film too nor is uh, Cassie's mom but those two they're not in that film either so what happened to them what happened to those two what happened to those two and what happened to the ex-cons did they not survive the blip they did they not survive the blip and they, they never come back what is up with that? I don't I don't I don't really understand. But anyway but anyway, yeah that really That film kinda of literally that film did not start phase five very well. Like now I'm just saying where do you go with this film? Where do you go with Ant-Man Quantumania? How's this how is this gonna set up the future of phase five? And look, say say what you will about the say what you will about the f- about the first four phases phase four in my opinion was the weakest phase phase one was a very good phase although it was trying to find it was trying to find its footing in the door if you know what i'm saying but uh, phase two was let's just say was a bit of a decline but it did but it did bounce back Did, but it did bounce back and phase three in my opinion being the strongest phase out of all four phases, or all out of all five phases, so yeah. Now in phase five, we haven't gotten that far in phase five, and already phase five is starting off in a in a low on a phase five is already starting off on a low note. So now the question is, where do you go with that phase now? Where where do you go with that now? How is this going to affect the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, I don't know. Only time will tell. So, yeah but any anyway the, that that is basically it. That's my overall opinion on this film. Like I said, if you like this film, that is okay. That is good for you. But in my opinion, like I said, I did not hate this film, but I didn't but I didn't think that film was good. But overall, you can definitely see it as a very fun ride. It is a fun ride. And and yeah. Yeah. Now, will it do well in the box office? I do not know, because, because from where this film is going, it is very hard to tell where where the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to. And only time will tell. So anyway, that's, that's it for the film. What do you guys think of this film? Did you think the film was okay? Did you not like this film? I wanna hear, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Kodo, aka Kodo Man. Remember to watch movies and stay positive.